Let's face it, money matters can be confusing. And with something as important as having enough for retirement, it's comforting to know help is just a phone call away. Wealth Managers LLC has helped clients pursue their financial goals since 1984. When it comes to investment advice, experience matters. If you need financial guidance, the folks at Wealth Managers LLC can help. The number is 800-497-9995. Once again, that's 800-497-9995 or wealthmanagersllc.com. After all, money doesn't take care of itself. Securities and advisory services offered through registered representatives of Satira Advisor Network, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Wealth Managers, LLC is independent of Satira Advisor Networks, LLC. The following show, How to Be a Great Investor with your host, Richard Everett, is underwritten by Wealth Managers, LLC. Welcome to How to Be a Great Investor with Richard Everett. Richard started his career in the financial services industry back in 1984. He's the founder and past president of the Everett Financial Group. Richard was also a member of the International Association of Financial Planners and was named Financial Planner of the Year in 1996 by First Financial Planners. In addition to teaching hundreds of seminars, he's hosted his own radio and television shows and has authored several books on finance, including Whatever Happened to the Promised Land. Richard has taught his biblically-based financial principles in churches, conferences, Bible colleges, and universities, including Yale University's School of Management, Believers, and Business Conference. Today, Richard's guest is Stephen Bug. Stephen specializes in providing advice and outstanding service to brokers who sell long-term care insurance, Medicare-related insurance products, as well as life and annuity products. For over 20 years, Stephen has helped seniors prepare for the greatest financial risk facing them today, a long-term care illness. Through his experience, Stephen is committed to educating brokers about their clients' right and options surrounding this important subject. By completing comprehensive training on aging, government and civic programs, Medicaid planning, tax planning, and a variety of insurance programs, Stephen has become certified in long-term care. His brokerage agency represents many companies, allowing his staff to help you with all of your insurance needs. Stephen grew up in Clinton, Connecticut, where his business has been thriving since 1991. He currently resides in Clinton with his wife, Lisa, and their two sons. Join Richard as we welcome Stephen Bug. And now, how to be a great investor with Richard Everett. Welcome, I'm Richard Everett, your host of How to Be a Great Investor. My goal is to help teach you the art of investing through biblical wisdom and contemporary investment insight. And I've got some really good news for you. I'm retired. I don't have any products to sell or agenda to push. Just common sense principles I have learned over my 35-year career in finance. No hype, just facts. Today, We have in the studio with me Steve Bug. Steve is um, an expert and has been in the long-term care industry. In fact, he has certified in long-term care. I've known Steve for a while, and he is the go-to guy when it comes to long-term care. So we're going to pick his brains today and uh, looking forward to dispelling some of the myths that go along with long-term care. Welcome, Steve. Welcome. 
Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I was uh, excited to be able to uh, get you to join us for the next half hour. So let's talk about long-term care. It is a interesting subject for um, mature folks. And what I mean by that is um, mostly seniors or folks that are getting close to um, being a senior in age. Why don't you just tell our listeners what exactly is long-term care? Well, it's really a point in your life where you uh, get to the, I guess, the situation where it's a chronic or custodial uh, care situation for you. In other words, regardless of whether it's a, a car accident that caused it or whether it's old age frailty or whether it may be an illness like a stroke or diabetes, you get to the point in life where you can't get through the day without the help of others. And that's what I consider uh, long-term care to be. That's interesting because uh, actually I recall a number of years ago, one of my clients had knee replacements and ended up in a nursing home. So it's not just for elderly people. Absolutely. And and the biggest difference between long-term care and uh, regular acute care is exactly that, where your knee replacement may cause you to go to the hospital, obviously, for the surgery, but then also go to a, a nursing home for rehabilitation. That's all what I consider acute care and designed to get you better. What we're talking about today, it could be due to that knee replacement or any other incident, but what happens is they get you to a point where you're no longer showing improvement, let's put it that way, and you're at a point where, okay, you're not going to improve anymore, but I need help getting through the day with my normal activities of daily living. Well, let's get to a bottom line on on long-term care or nursing home. Uh, How much does it cost for the average American? Well, it varies a lot depending on not only the part of the country you're in, but part of a state that you're in. But where I live in Connecticut, it's about $12,000 a month for a nursing home. And the national average, if you read articles, usually put it at about seven dollars or $8,000 per month. I know it's a lot. I mean, I live in Florida, and I think I think the average is somewhere around $10,000 a month. And how can someone sustain that? I mean, what's the average stay in a nursing home? Is it five years, 10 years? No, actually, there's been a few studies. And, and again, I'm referring to articles. You'll usually hear two and a half to three years as average. But also, I know MetLife did a study back in 2013, I believe it was, and 90% of the folks were four years or less 10% were that four years or more. So yeah. the question really comes down to we don't know what's going to happen to us. If it's sure. an Alzheimer's or a senility situation, it may be many, many years. If it's um, something with a more of a drastic illness, you may, uh, you may not live as long once you're in there. I know uh, one of my grandfathers ended up in nursing home in Ohio for over five years. Oh, yeah, it's certainly possible. Sure. What are the odds then of of an American going into a, a nursing home that needs care? Sure. And and again, I'll refer to articles. Uh, a lot of times you'll see one in three. But uh, what I think is more important, it varies depending on how old you you get. Mm-hmm. Um, and the latest number that I saw in a couple of articles was if you make it to age 75, which I think if we talk to Americans today, we all believe we're going to make it to age 75 and hope to go on beyond that 10, sure. 15 years. Um, if you make it to age 75, it's now uh, two out of three folks will see the inside of a nursing home at some point in their life. No kidding. Yeah. And it's important also to understand that when you start talking about uh, who or how many end up in a nursing home and for how long, 
if you go visit a nursing home, for all the women out there who are listening, I mean, it's eight, eight or nine out of 10 people when you're walking up and down the halls are women. Sure. So um, it also depends on gender and how well you took care of yourself. That's actually a frightening statistic. Absolutely. And when I'm working with folks, a lot of times they think, well, I'm, I'm healthy, so I'm not going to need care. Well, health leads to longevity and longevity leads to the need for care. Yeah. All right. Let's get down to um, who pays for a nursing home. And I know there's a lot of misconceptions. I've talked to hundreds of clients over my career, and uh, they think that Medicare pays for long-term care in a nursing home. They think that the VA, because they, they're veterans, they think uh, they go on Title 19. They think they can give away to their kids. Let's, let's break that down a little bit. Yeah. Does Medicare pay for long-term care? It does not. Um, the, the the bottom line is you, the person who needs the care, is going to be responsible to pay for their care. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the simplest way I can put it. Medicare is designed, as I spoke to a little bit earlier, is all about acute rehabilitative care. So just like uh, your health insurance pre-Medicare or your Medicare uh, after you're 65 or when you decide to jump on, the bottom line is that's all about getting you better. It does not pay for chronic or custodial care, period. And that's what we're talking about today. So Medicare um, is not an option. It will pay for some short-term stays for rehab only. What about the Veterans Administration? Don't they pay long-term care benefits? They do not. Well, they do if it is a service-related reason while you're in the nursing home. So the reason you're there has to be service-related, and then it's all based on your percentage of disability. So if you're 100% disabled from your um, tour or your service to our country, Mm -hmm. well, then you're going to be at the top of the list versus somebody who is 25% disabled due to service to our country. So just being a veteran and serving our country, if later on in life you have a stroke or uh, old age puts you in a nursing home, if you can't tie it to a service-related injury or reason for being there, then you're not going to be eligible. Well, there is a misconception about, uh, about the Veterans Administration taking care of you. Stay tuned for more great information on how to be a great investor with Richard Everett. If you would like to learn more investment tips and techniques for Christians, the website is greatinvestor.org. You can also sign up for Richard's blog, check out his books, CDs, and listen to his podcast. Once again, that's greatinvestor.org. You can also ask Richard your investment questions by emailing him at info at greatinvestor.org. That's info at greatinvestor.org. Okay, let's get back to Richard Everett as he shares more investment wisdom on how to be a great investor. Okay, so you have a lot of folks out there that I've talked to over uh, my career that think they're going to outsmart the government and they're going to go on Title 19 just before they go into a nursing home by gifting their home and their assets to their kids. Um, What's the downside of that? Well, there's a lot of them, but uh, ultimately... I think it's important to say that you you can crisis manage. At the time of the crisis, you can go certainly sit down with an attorney um, and look at what your best situation is going to be. And some of that uh, solution, depending on the size of your estate, might be to do some transferring of assets. Um, but what's 
more important, in my opinion, when I'm sitting with somebody trying to plan ahead is all we can talk about is what the laws will allow today. And usually I'm talking to somebody about what uh, they're planning for a 20 year from now event. And I can't look you in the eye and neither can an attorney and tell you that what we're suggesting you do today will protect you 20 years from now. The other, I guess, part of your question was what are some downsides? You know, moving your house to your kid's name, your your child is now married. Um, what if they get a divorce? There's a, a major concern. Half of your house is going to go to somebody that is no longer part of the family. We also assume that our kids are going to stay healthy just because they're younger than us. What if you transfer the uh, assets into their name and then they have a long-term care event? Now it backfired. So there's a lot of things you need to talk to that estate planning attorney about, Sure, certainly, before you make any major decisions like that. I'm actually reminded of uh, a client of mine that she lost her husband, decided to gift her home to her kids, her son and daughter-in-law, and they ended up getting divorced, and uh, she ended up losing the home. She went to live with the kids, and she gifted it and allowed and lived with them. They got a divorce, and the house was forced to be sold as part of the divorce settlement. She had no place to live. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard it happen. I've uh, and certainly know that it's a prominent thing nowadays. Unfortunately, with our divorce rates, it is uh, it's something that it's a reality we must face. All right, how can we plan for the possibility of going into nursing? And what are some of the vehicles that are available to our listeners? You know, whenever I'm talking to somebody and we're literally um, exposing what to do or, or how to plan in the future, you need to talk about family. Years and years ago, family took care of family. So we need to talk about that being an option, not only because a lot of times people will tell me, Richard, right away, I don't want my family to take care of me. I don't want to burden my family. I understand that. But most likely they're going to be part of your plan of care. So you need to have an an open conversation about what they're willing to do, what they're able to do, and how they may be able to help because that may save you some dollars out of pocket. So then we always talk about Medicare, which we already touched on, and it's not going to pay. Medicaid is something that will pay for long-term care, but you have to be destitute or spend down assets first to get there. So we certainly want to cover that. And then lastly, the option that most folks choose is some sort of insurance so that it can offset that personal cost that you face. And what are the insurance options that someone can look at? I know there's long-term care insurance. Why don't you talk about that, some of the features, benefits, the pros and the cons? Sure. So the way most uh, traditional long-term care insurance works is you're purchasing an amount of money per day or per month that you could be reimbursed from an insurance company for your care. So in that sense, let's say you end up in a a nursing home and it's costing you $6,000 a month. You're going to be responsible, as we talked about earlier, to pay that $6,000. But if you bought a policy from an insurance company that, say, allows up to $5,000 in benefits, you would pay the six and then the insurance company would reimburse you five. So in that case, now your out-of-pocket expenses is $1,000. And those policies usually pay for home health care, assisted living facilities, or nursing homes. So you work to determine what your financial plan or your financial situation demands in terms of reimbursement. 
per month. Then you, there's a few other variables with the insurance products where you have to decide now how big of an insurance policy. In other words, how much money is in the, the policy and how long will it be able to fund you that, for example, uh, $5,000 a month. And then there's inflation protection. So do you want that $5,000 to grow over time? If you're in your 50s when you're purchasing the insurance, you need to make sure that it's going to pay more than $5,000 20 years from now to keep up with the cost of care. And then lastly, like all insurance, there are deductibles involved. So we talk about that and, and how you would handle that and what structure is best for your, uh, for your plan. Isn't there also some sort of restriction on how long the insurance company pays out? Is there a cap of some kind? Yes. So the the lifetime pool or that that maximum benefit I talked about was is exactly how you do that. So most carriers will set that based on a two or a three or a four year amount of money that will fund that amount. Okay. Are there options to long term care insurance? Are there different types of vehicles available? Yes. So what's gained popularity over the last, um, I would say, five to six years, traditional long-term care insurance was the most prominent and what most people purchased. Nowadays, uh, folks are looking at life insurance options because they have a little bit more guarantees to them. They're quite a bit different, and it's very important if someone's purchasing that to understand what they're buying. They are actually buying a life insurance policy that will allow them to access the benefits prior to death if you have a long-term care event. So you can accelerate the benefits and take them while you're still alive instead of uh, when you pass away. And the reason I said it's very important to understand what you're purchasing, let's say, for example, you buy a $100,000 life insurance product and spend $50,000 on long-term care. You now only have $50,000 worth of death benefit left. So make sure when you're designing that plan, if you're doing it for life insurance, that you're buying enough or setting it up so that you still have that available to your heirs if that was the initial goal. Okay. It's an interesting uh, concept. Yes. And the biggest, I guess, deficiency in that product, if I would call it that, is the inflation protection that we talked about with the traditional coverage is not as easily built into a life insurance contract. So you need to buy enough life insurance to give you enough per month to plan for your future expenses because it's not going to grow over time. We'll be back with more How to Be a Great Investor with Richard Everett. If you would like to learn more investment tips and techniques for Christians, the website is greatinvestor.org. You can also sign up for Richard's blog, check out his books, CDs, and listen to his podcast. Once again, that's greatinvestor.org. You can also ask Richard your investment questions by emailing him at info at greatinvestor.org. That's info at greatinvestor.org. Okay, let's get back to Richard Everett as he shares more investment wisdom on how to be a great investor. I just read an article not too long ago about uh, the ability of folks to be able to do an exchange or what's called a 1035 exchange from their older policies into these newer types of policies that offer long-term care. Can you address that? Yes. So often you'll, you'll be talking to somebody about their financial plan and they may already own life insurance that they've been paying into for many years and it's built up cash value and they may not feel the need for the life insurance as much now in their situation as they would rather have that leverage for long-term care 
And, and um, what you can do is take one of those newer life uh, products that we just talked about that uh, allows for um, the funds to be used for long-term care, and you can transfer that cash value over from the old life insurance contract into the new one, and uh, and oftentimes triple or or at least double your leverage when it comes to the long-term care side. What I mean, you must have to qualify for that. Are there some restrictions, or can anybody do it? Yes, all all of the products we're talking about today require you to go through underwriting and prove insurability. Mm-hmm. So, you so you do have to act ahead of time when you're still healthy and you're really planning for that potential event down the I road. actually own uh, some annuities that have long-term care benefit riders on them. Can you tell our folks how those work? In my opinion, and that's just my opinion, there, there's not as much insurance really involved in that type of a contract. You're really, uh, well, there's going to be less underwriting for one. So oftentimes you can uh, purchase a long-term care-based annuity without having to prove insurability. And what it's going to really create is just a little bit of a bump, maybe 20 to 30% more in benefits should you qualify for uh, as a long-term care event. So you're really moving your money over in my, uh, I'm not a financial uh, advisor, but you're moving your money into an annuity that will allow a little excess money should you require long-term care. My understanding also is that the money out first is the money that you put in. So you're really using your money first and then potentially getting a little extra bump at the end if you should uh, need long-term care. And our listeners should realize that annuities are not for everybody, so you should um, seek advice from a a qualified uh, financial advisor. Are you familiar with a qualified longevity annuity? I just was reading an article about them, and it's the first time I ever heard about them. I have heard of those products. I believe it's really just a newer type of annuity that is still going to pass on a certain amount of income for life. It doesn't really tie to long-term care, to the best of my knowledge. Steve, let's talk about assisted living and in-home care as alternatives to going into a nursing home. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, too often long-term care is associated with just being in a nursing home. And seven out of 10 people actually start their care at home. Um, oftentimes, that re- the spouse helps out as long as they can, and then they are in a situation where they have to transfer to a facility. So in-home care, I think in all the years I've been uh, talking to folks about uh, long-term care and what their plan is going to be, they all say they want to stay at home. The long-term care insurance policies will pay for that in-home care. They help manage that in-home care. They'll work with the different agencies in the area. Ultimately, the insured has the choice of who they bring into their home, uh, but they'll certainly help coordinate all of that care. And then a lot of times it's a transition over to assisted living facilities, and there's really two categories in my opinion, of of, uh, assisted living. You have continuing care retirement communities, which are in a situation where you actually purchase real estate. So you'll buy into that retirement community. And in that community, they will provide home care in your unit. They will have assisted living areas also in that unit for, say, Alzheimer's, things of that sort. And then they'll have a full-fledged 24-hour nursing home 
on campus as well. And you'll pay a monthly fee and you buy into that uh, whole concept as part of your plan for the potential event of long-term care. What's gained more popularity over the last 10 or 15 years are standalone assisted living facilities because now you don't have to buy in. You don't have to have that money to purchase real estate. You can start out at home and transition to a standalone facility where they'll p- provide staff and nurses there during the day and they'll have nurses and doctors on call at night, but they don't have 24-hour care like a nursing home. And uh, they're a little more affordable. You pay per month and then you pay a la carte for your services depending on how much help you need. And both of the insurance products, whether it's the life insurance contract that I talked about or a traditional long-term care uh, contract, they will both pay for care in home, in assisted living, or in a nursing home. Great. You want to sum it up for our listeners? Yeah, if I were to sum it up, I think the most important thing for you to take away from today is that you are responsible for your long-term care needs in the future. And most of us have put a plan together. Is insurance right for every single person? No. But I do believe you should sit down with a professional, talk about your plan for retirement and how you're going to address the potential cost of in-home assisted living or, or nursing home care because it's likely to happen at some point to you or your spouse and just uh, plan ahead. Make a decision on what the right amount of coverage is for you and uh, and go ahead and get that coverage while you're still healthy enough to do so. Sure. It's been my experience over my uh, career that most folks don't even want to deal with it until it's too late. Yeah, I think it's it's human nature or um, a friend or a family member, something, uh, you know, the old deer in the headlights makes us wake up and say we need to address this. But I, I think more and more folks know that they should be looking at this. They just don't always go out and seek the help. Okay. Any final piece of advice to our folks? Yeah, I think it would just be, like I said before, seek that professional advice. Uh, let me just share a couple stories, actually, of my family. I had two sets of grandparents, and one of each of the grandparents ended up in a nursing home. The first story is actually not that pleasant. My grandfather went into a nursing home in the state of Ohio a number of years ago, and he had dementia. And as most of you know, you don't get better when you have dementia. And he ended up staying in the nursing home over five years, and he did not plan well. As it turns out, my mother told me it was the saddest day of her life when the state of Ohio came in and auctioned off everything in his home, including the home, in order to liquidate his estate so he could go on Title 19. Indeed, it was a very unpleasant experience for our family. On the other hand, my other grandmother on my uh, father's side ended up Having a plan, she did indeed go into a nursing home after her husband, my grandfather, passed away. And the doctor was smart enough to put her into a nursing home after a three-day visit in the hospital. And at that time, the law allowed Medicare to pay for the first 100 days, which did save a tremendous amount of money. But again, she had planned well and was able to pay for her long-term care while she was in a nursing home before she passed away and um, leave an estate for her children. So when you get a chance, folks, check out greatinvestor.org. That's our website. It has free resources for you, blogs, books on financial planning. You can listen to some of the other shows that we've done, women in investing on mutual funds, stocks, bonds, those types of things. Some free downloads for you, how to get your financial house in order. Again, most of that is free. I hope you take advantage of it. So here's my final piece of advice to our listeners. Be extremely careful how you treat your children because ultimately they will choose your nursing home. Thanks for listening. 
See you next time. This has been How to Be a Great Investor with Richard Everett. Hello, Ethel. It's Lucy. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Okay, all things considered. It's been difficult since Ricky passed away. I need help. What kind of help? Well, I'm confused about what to do with my savings and investments. I'd like to do some traveling and help the kids, but I'm not sure if I should use our retirement funds now or wait till later. Lucy, it's so important to get good advice. Why don't you call the professionals at Wealth Managers, LLC? Sounds like a great idea. I'll call them today. Hey, can you come with me, Ethel? Of course, Lucy. Here's their phone number. 1-800-497-9995. Securities and advisory services offered through registered representatives of Satir Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Wealth Managers, LLC is independent of Satir Advisor Networks, LLC, and can be reached at 800-497-9995 or wealthmanagersllc.com.